Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. And I'd like to tell you that we have a new and improved website. It has two new features that we think you'll love. One of them is a vastly improved search engine so that when you type in keywords, you'll get a bunch of episodes really quick. The other is the ability to create a listener account. And in that listener account, you can save episodes for later listening. So you can create a kind of listening list. We think these features are neat and we think you'll enjoy them. Please visit the site today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the New Books Network. I'm Marshall Poe, the editor-in-chief. Each week, we scour the internet looking for interesting books, and we interview the authors of them. This week, I'm very pleased to say we have Neil Gross on the show, and we'll be talking about his terrific book, Why Are Professors Liberal and Why Do Conservatives Care? This is an extraordinarily good question. I love the title of this book because it's completely telegraphic. This is something that if you are sort of inside academia, which is to say inside baseball, you really want to know the answer to this question because it's often discussed in the media, and everybody seems to have a kind of folk theory about why, well, if professors are liberal and then if they in fact are, why? Well, I'm very happy to say that Neil has rolled his sleeves up and he has some answers, some concrete answers, answers you can take to the bank about this question. So I was very pleased to get and read his book and I'm pleased to talk with him today. So Neil, thanks so much for being on the show. Marshall, thanks for having me. Sure. Maybe you could begin the interview by telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, well, I'm a sociologist at the University of uh, British Columbia in Vancouver. Um, I lived in Vancouver for about five years. Um, and before that, I taught at uh, uh, the University of Southern California and, and Harvard. Uh, so I'm an American, um, uh, born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, and uh, and uh, have, have lived uh, lived a bunch of places at this point. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, was this your first project, or did you do projects prior to this? Um, it's not my first project. It's my it's my second uh, solo author book. Um, my first one was uh, a sociological biography of the philosopher um, Richard Rorty, mm. um, which was uh, sort of a case study um, designed to help answer the question of why philosophers get interested in the particular um, approaches and ideas uh, that they do. And I've done other um, edited volumes and um, and articles before. So mm-hmm. this, is my, this is my second big uh, second big book. Right. So would you consider this a departure, or did it flow out of the Rorty project or something else? I mean, it's um, it's uh, it's uh, not a complete departure. I mean, my my uh, my earlier stuff, much much of it has been about um, academic life, um, and so I, I think there's some continuity there. Um, I mean, this book has uh, the, the research for this book um, involved a great deal more uh, quantitative work, um, um, you know, um, 
studies with uh, statistics of various kinds uh, than some of my earlier stuff did. So in that sense, it's a departure. And, you know, it's also movement into, into um, politics, um, which is uh, a bit at odds with, um, with what I've done before. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, some continuity, some, some change as well. Mm-hmm. As I said in the pre-interview, usually I ask people why they wrote the books that they wrote. Um, I imagine you have a kind of good story about that. Why did you write this book? It's a, it's a controversial topic. Yeah. Well, I first got interested in this when I was an assistant professor at, at Harvard, and, um, and and this was a time when um, uh, then President Lawrence, um, then Harvard President Lawrence Summers, had made some really controversial comments about the role of intrinsic ability in explaining um, why there weren't more women at the highest levels in math and science, um, and uh, you know, huge controversy uh, ensued uh, on campus and and outside the university. Lots of um, conservative critics and, uh, and and some others said. You know, this is evidence of political correctness just gone crazy um, in higher education. And during the same period, um, David Horowitz, a very prominent conservative activist uh, out in California, was busy mounting um, uh, what he called a uh, campaign for an academic bill of rights. Um, and the goal of this was to, um, as he put it, you know, protect students against political indoctrination in the classroom. And um, uh, and I, as I was surrounded by you know, all of this stuff happening, I thought to myself, this was really interesting, raised some interesting sociological questions. And when I looked at the existing research on this, I found it to be less than fully satisfactory. And, and so I thought this would be a good, uh, a, good, uh, a good second project for me to take up. Less than fully satisfactory. That's very well said. I would have said something different. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there, there, there's sort of two um, uh, strands of, of research that have been done on this uh, before. Um, I mean, there, there is a, a, a long-standing body of work um, by, by, mostly by uh, sociologists um, that looks at the political leanings of, of intellectuals. And, and that work's pretty smart. It's pretty rich, um, theoretically. Um, it's pretty savvy. So, so that, that work existed. Um, you know, it wasn't um, completely satisfactory to me either, uh, in part because most of it wasn't about American professors specifically, and also because it was you know, fairly theoretical, but not necessarily that factually based. Um, uh, but then there's a second body of work, which I think is not as, uh, not as satisfactory, and that's really work with, uh, that sprang up more recently. Um, and you know, it, it uh, involved uh, surveys of, of various kinds uh, that were designed either by folks on the right or by the left, essentially with the goal of, of showing either how liberal you know, higher education had become or of countering claims that higher education was liberal. And you know, some of the findings produced here weren't, weren't terrible, um, but uh, you know, I thought that it was um, you know, most of this work was, was, was done with a kind of political uh, um, uh, uh, basis to it. And you know, I, I wanted to do something that was uh, a bit more uh, uh, kind of standard social science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing that I found interesting in the book is that a similar sort of survey study had been done quite, quite a while ago by a famous um, sociologist, or I guess he was in communications. I don't know, really, and I'm blanking on his name right now. Well, there had been a couple of these before. There was one by Paul Lazarsfeld. Yeah, Paul Lazarsfeld is the person. Yes, yeah, very, yeah. very prominent social scientist, uh, sociologist, uh, uh, and uh, this had been done during the McCarthy era. Um, so this was one of the first big surveys of American professors, uh, a survey of social scientists, and it was you know, mostly concerned with uh, whether they were um, feeling the heat from from McCarthy's efforts and the efforts of, um, of uh, local and state investigating committees, but, but he also asked a bunch of questions about, about politics. Um, and then there have been other surveys uh, subsequent. I mean, there was a very large survey that was done in the late 60s, and, um, and much more recently there have, been, uh, there, there have been other surveys. So, you know, it's not like this is the first study of the topic, um, but, you know, I wanted to combine uh, both uh, a kind of 
theoretically rich analysis of it with, with you know, a bunch of factual material. Mm-hmm. Well, you did so, and you showed great ingenuity in designing these studies and also great patience, because I know as an academic, I always want to get out the first thing I find. <laughs> but you, you didn't do well, that. Will, you waited. Well, I will say this, this book was, uh, was seven years in the making. Yeah. And, and I, I have um, you know, released um, bits and pieces of, of this research uh, along the way, but, uh, but it, it, it did take some time to pull it all together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So let's start with the questions themselves. Uh, now, you say, why are professors liberal? Let's establish the fact. Uh, are okay. professors liberal in the United States? Yeah, they are. I mean, I think they're uh, they're not as uh, not as leftist as uh, some conservatives would like to claim, um, but they're you know, probably more liberal than than many liberals would like to would like to believe. Um, well, the survey data on this are, are pretty strong. Um, uh, you know, whether you look at political self identification or political attitudes, well, somewhere between fifty and sixty percent of American professors uh, are probably classifiable uh, as uh, as as broadly on the left, uh, and, uh, and certainly Democrats uh, outnumber Republicans um, by a wide margin uh, in the academy. Um, now, against you know, conservative charges, there aren't that, that many radicals in higher education. Um, there's much talk about this uh, as, um, uh, these days. Um, um, and you know, something like 9% of American academics are probably classifiable as political radicals on the left, uh, not an overwhelming proportion. Um, uh, but you know, nevertheless, academics uh, are, are are a liberal group. And you know, if you look at um, major occupations in the U.S., academia is actually uh, at or near the top of that list. Uh, now, these lists are you know, you get kind of different answers depending on how you code things, what exactly you count as the different occupations, and so on. Um, but it's certainly a, a very left-leaning or a very liberal-leaning uh, occupation. Um, there are other occupations, of course, that are as right-leaning as higher education is left-leaning. Um, um, you know, the, the clergy is one of them. Uh, the, the medical professions uh, are close uh, to being that way as well. Um, but yes, it's, uh, it is, in fact, a, a liberal-leaning occupation. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't doubt this anymore. There's no more debate about this, really. Well, I don't think there's. Yeah, I mean, I I think that um, you know, to, to some extent, the, um, the 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 debate about this is just driven by by different factions. I mean, when we talked to professors as part of this research, um, we also did, you know, in addition to the you know surveys that we did and uh, quantitative work, we also just went and did interviews with professors, and we we sometimes found professors saying, well, look, I mean, you know, you can look at at, at you know, party identification and find that lots of professors are Democrats, but, you know, the Democrats really aren't that liberal. Um, they're, they're a more kind of center-left party. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, they would, they, they would also add, well, and if you look at business school professors and professors of engineering, you find that they're not really very liberal. And so, you know, these claims that academia is um, biased uh, toward the left are, are, are overstated. And, I mean, they have a point in, cer- in certain ways. I mean, it is true that the Democratic Party is not as left as um, many left-leaning parties in other nations are. And it's also true that there's you know, considerable variation across fields, um, uh, you know, engineers, uh, uh, computer scientists, business professors, you know, definitely much less liberal than social scientists and humanists. But nevertheless, you know, all this aside, it's still one of the more liberal occupations in, in American society. So I think that's right. I mean, I think most people have recognized this for, for some time. So it's not like the data in the book are you know, completely novel. Again, there have been lots of other surveys that show something kind of similar. But you know, I hope that, um, that the book will at least allow uh, you know, this to be taken as uh, you know, more of a given than, than by, by some that it has. So we can move on to talk about causes and, and consequences. Yeah, before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the keep mapping the terrain itself, to use an analogy. So 
let's talk about change over time and then within different academic disciplines. Are, uh, is the professoriate more or less liberal than it was, I don't know, before World War II or since McCarthy or since yeah. uh, the Vietnam era? Sure. Well, you know, some of these things are hard to track over time, um, in part because there haven't been that many surveys. Um, and, uh, and when there have been surveys, they haven't exactly, you know, studied the same populations and they haven't always used the same measures. Um, so it's, it's very hard to, to, to tell precisely. Um, and what's more, you know, the meanings of liberal and conservative have changed over the years. Um, and so, you know, tracking these, these things up gets, gets complicated. Um, but I guess in response to your question, I'd, I'd say two things. Uh, first, uh, that academia leans left is something that's been true for a really long time. I mean, there's evidence going back to, you know, the 30s, the 40s, certainly, of, of a pretty liberal, uh, democratically inclined professoriate. Um, but when you go f- even further back in history, um, that starts to become more murky. But, but certainly, at least to the, to the 40s, um, there's evidence of, uh, of higher education leaning to the left. Um, so, you know, there's nothing new about it. People have been talking about this for a long time. That having been said, of course, there are also changes over time. Um, uh, it's often thought that the 60s were a huge watershed in academic politics, and in some ways they were. I mean, this was a period when there were lots of um, uh, folks who were associated with, 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 you know, with movements of that era who then entered higher education and kind of helped remake their fields, and, and I think that's true. That certainly has had an effect. But if you look at data comparing, say, 1969 to 1997, and uh, you know, on these two comparison points, there actually is uh, fairly good data. You find that uh, academia has grown more liberal, but it's not dramatically so. It's only about an eight percentage point gain. And um, almost all of that change, it turns out, is, um, uh, uh, is um, among women in higher education. Not very much change among men um, in terms of their liberal self-identification, but quite a bit of change among, among women. Um, I, I think that you know, more recent data would suggest that there might be even uh, more of a shift uh, to the left. Um, but so the answer is that there, there have been some changes over time, but they're you know not as huge and dramatic um, as uh, at least uh, some people are inclined to think. Mm-hmm. And then between disciplines or groups of disciplines, are there differences apparent? Well, again, that's uh, you know that's hard to track. Um, um, there have been some changes um, um, to the extent that we're able to to to, uh, to note them, um, but there have also been some continuities. Um, I mean, for example, there's some evidence to suggest that this, the natural sciences um, may have moved uh, uh, somewhat to the left. Um, there is uh, some evidence to suggest that uh, that uh, that relative to uh, the 60s, uh, economics may have moved uh, somewhat to the right. Um, but you know what stands out um, you know, in the complexity of this data is. More than that is just the incredible stability of where disciplines stand in relation to one another. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you look at the survey that I talked about um, from the, from the '60s, um, you find that you know, even then, uh, you know, the social sciences, um, you know, with exception of economics, but sociology, uh, anthropology, political science, um, I mean, these these tended to be um, you know, um, very left leaning. Uh, humanities uh, very left leaning. Um, uh, whereas, you know, as you move in the direction of more applied fields. Uh, business engineering, you, you find more conservatives. And, and that's uh, tr- true today as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of the things that I found surprising in the statistic that roughly 60% of professors or academics are liberal, because I know working in the humanities and social sciences, as I have for over 20 years, the figure is a lot higher than that, or at least it seemed to me anecdotally. Right. I, I think that's right. I mean, there, there is uh, quite a bit of, of variation across disciplines. And, you know, one of the things that's that's funny and strange about higher education, although, you know, not, I think, 
particularly unusual relative to other kinds of organizations is that um, you know, if you're in a discipline uh, or even if you're in a kind of disciplinary grouping like the social sciences or humanities, you know, you might not know that many people in other parts of the university, um, you know, the part university, you know, um, uh, different departments of universities, yeah. although this is, you know, somewhat less the case in, in, uh, in liberal arts schools, but um, are, you know, are kind of uh, walled off domains and, uh, and people don't always cross those lines. So uh, sometimes it's hard to know what's going on elsewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Another segment of academia that you deal with is administration itself. That is academics that go into administration or administrators. And I know the perception is that those people tend to be more conservative, I guess. Is that true? Well, I don't have any data on this specifically, but uh, there was a survey done by Inside Higher Ed on this uh, not too long ago, um, and uh, and it suggested that um, that administrators uh, do tend to be more supportive of uh, of, uh, of of the Democrats, uh, kind of as you'd expect. Yeah, uh-huh. I see. Okay, so. One of the interesting things that you did, uh, in addition to conducting all this sort of survey data, is you went and talked to people. And one of the questions you asked them, and I thought this was brilliant, is ask them, that is academics and other people, I guess, why they thought there was this, if I can use this word, bias. Um, why is it the case that most liberals, that most uh, academics are liberals? Can you kind of go through the most popular, I call them folk theories, because they're not based sure. on really anything other than, you know, what, what, what people have heard and their sort of personal experiences. So can you talk a little bit about some of them? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, the, the two most uh, commonly cited reasons were, first, the, the idea that, uh, that, um, that uh, conservatives tend to be more closed-minded than liberals. Uh, so this was a, a kind of folk theory uh, invoking uh, ideas from psychology, personality theory, and so on. Uh, and the claim was that you know, if you're kind of closed-minded and not open to new ideas, um, you know, you're not going to fit very well in higher education uh, because academics are, are supposed to be open-minded. Um, and the second reason uh, often cited had to do with, um, with, with values and, and specifically with the idea that um, if, you, if you're interested in, in making money, uh, you're not going to want to go into higher education. So lots of uh, professors said, Look, if you're a young, you know, conservative, you prioritize making money, and so you know, higher education is not the kind of career that, that you'd go for. Um, so these were the, the, the most common explanations. Mm-hmm. There's another one I know that I read in the book, and my wife actually had this one initially. Uh, she said, "Well, you know, liberal people—they're just smarter." Yeah, that's pretty common as well, um, and uh, and there's certainly a lot of commentary on this. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so you you investigated these three claims, and uh, what, what did you find out about them? Well, you know, I don't find strong. So, I mean, just to take the, the last one you mentioned, yeah. um, the cognitive ability one. I mean, the the data that I review in the book suggests that that uh, has uh, you know, very little effect on explaining um, um, differences between professors and and other Americans in terms of how how liberal professors are. Um, and you know, there's lots of different ways of measuring that. The data that we've looked at suggests that it, you know really doesn't have much of an impact. I mean, for example. One of the studies that I did with um, some colleagues was a study of, of who goes to graduate school, um, where uh, this, this was a, a survey uh, ad that, that, that tracked people from, um, from um, uh, uh, you know, adolescents to, um, to their college-going years to then the years when at least some of them would have gone to graduate school. So we were able to compare people who went to graduate school with people who just stopped at a bachelor's degree. And... There were big differences in the, the political views uh, of, of, of the two groups. Um, people who went to graduate school were quite a bit more liberal than people who didn't go to graduate school. Um, but when we looked at a pretty complicated measure of cognitive ability, that, that didn't explain any of that difference uh, away. Um, so I, I don't think it's uh, cognitive ability uh, per se. Um, 
the personality bit of it is uh, harder to assess because uh, the data on this aren't terrific. Um, in, again, in the same study of who went to graduate school, um, we found some evidence to suggest that um, that uh, that um, liberals are more likely to go to graduate school because uh, they're more likely to um, um, uh, state that they are interested in abstraction, um, which is a is a measure, one measure sometimes used to measure uh, openness to new experience. Um, and, and that was a, a quite significant finding. But, um, uh, you know, the evidence that I review um, in the book suggests that there's lots of ways to interpret that, and it's not at all clear that something like intrinsic personality differences driving driving that. Um, and then finally, with respect to the claim that conservatives are, are only interested in making money, well, the data that I looked at uh, and that others have found looked at too finds that, yeah, young conservatives are somewhat more interested in making money than young liberals, but it's it's really... Uh, people in the in the moderates who don't necessarily have strong political views, um, who in the college years are, are the most interested in in making money. Um, you know, if you, if you if you really want to make money, you're probably not that involved with politics. You're really focused on, you know, starting a business or or, or whatever. Um, so you know, I don't find uh, tremendous support for for any of these theories. Um, uh, although you know, in some instances, they they they, they may uh, help explain some things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. So let me ask you this. It might be a little bit out of the can of your book, but as a general rule, can we say, what is the best predictor of someone's political leanings? Is there a, a couple of factors where sociologists say, well, it's this, like it's what your parents were. That, that works with, say, for instance, religion. But is there sort of a general consensus about this? Well, I mean, there's uh, you know some consensus and there's and there's some debate. I mean, certainly, what your parents' view, um, you know, what your parents' party affiliation is a very powerful leaning uh, of your politics. Um, I mean, of course, there are people who who convert, uh, no question about it. But uh, nevertheless, it tends to remain a, a pretty strong and stable predictor of what your political views are. Um, and then there are also quite strong, uh, you know, kind of demographic predictors, as, as you can imagine. Um, so, you know, if you come from um, particular um, racial or ethnic groups, or mm-hmm. you know, some of them, um, you know, those can be quite strong predictors of your of your politics as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's 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 interesting. So one of the things you um, address in the book as well, another empirical claim, a kind of folk theory, is that it's graduate school that makes you liberal. Does graduate school right. make you liberal? Well, again, not it makes you poor and insane. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, the, the data we looked at, uh, you know, suggests no. I mean, again, again, the. the the, the data aren't, aren't perfect, um, but uh, you know when we looked to see uh, whether uh, uh, students who were uh, enrolled in graduate school um, had had moved to the left uh, since their time in college relative to people who were in college but then didn't go to graduate school, we found that they moved to the left a little bit, um, but not very much. And you know, when you talk to professors and you ask them to recount the stories of you know, how they formed their politics, um, you know some of them will say that that they that they um, found graduate school to be important um, in the sense that they uh, learned deeper ways of thinking about, you know, the basis for their beliefs, um, particularly among social scientists and humanists. Um, you know, for example, some will say, well, you know, while I was in, in graduate school, I, I learned to understand inequality in a deeper way, and so it, you know, it kind of fortified my commitment to the left. So you do find a fair amount of that kind of talk, but, but you also find people saying, you know, that basically they had formed their political views uh, in college or, or before graduate school. And, uh, and, and there's a, a fair amount of other evidence to suggest that, that that's true as well. So you know, most people, uh, it seems, uh, don't really shift that much in graduate school, um, but instead uh, develop their politics before they you know, develop the aspiration to become professors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I see. So that leads us to your theory. Uh, and um, could you explain uh, it for us? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, part of the impetus for the theory was to make sense of the fact that you know, professors have been a liberal group for a really long time. Um, and you know, it, it could be that uh, there's something just intrinsic about the nature of intellectual work that, um, that you know, demands that, you know, that liberals um, um, step in and, and fill the intellectual role, and that's a possibility. But another possibility that I, I thought worth exploring, and for which I think there's some evidence, um, is that there's a kind of self-reproducing process uh, at play here. And, and the, the idea goes like this. Um, you know, academia developed a reputation for liberalism, as I said, back in the 30s or, or, or 40s, maybe even a little, a little earlier, an initial reputation for liberalism. And as that reputation spread, it became part of a, just a fact about higher education. It was something that was fairly commonly known. Um, uh, and uh, as that reputation developed and crystallized, um, young people who were on the left, um, uh, who were considering different kinds of careers, would just naturally think of higher education as something that's kind of on the menu of possibilities from which they might choose. Whereas if you're on the right, you would think to yourself, that, that's just not for me. And the argument is that that then grows and builds over time. So more people uh, develop this, uh, uh, more people uh, form aspirations uh, based on the reputation of academe. Um, and as it happens, more liberals go into academe and the reputation solidifies. And the parallel here for me was really with, um, with, uh, with gender. Um, you know, one of the ways that uh, sociologists explain um, occupational sex segregation or the tendency to find um, you know, many more men than women in certain fields and many more women than men in other fields, um, um, uh, well, one way that sociologists explain these differences is by pointing to the role of you know, something like uh, gender ideologies. And, and the idea is that you know, if you think about the world in a certain way and, and, and you come to think about a particular job as kind of naturally male or naturally female, um, well, that might influence the kind of thing that you're, you know, want, want to do. So, um, you know, many um, young people think of nursing, for example, as a kind of traditionally female occupation. Um, uh, and with that reputation in place, um, many young women form the aspiration to become nurses and very few young men form the aspiration to become nurses. And so the, uh, the argument that I, that I make in the book, and this is something that I developed initially with, um, with Ethan Fossey, who's a graduate student at Harvard, um, was the idea that yeah, something similar is happening for the professoriate. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a reputation out there that academia leans left. And so if you're a young, smart liberal, you, you might think to yourself, you know, what am I going to do with my, with my life? And um, you know, here's a list of, of different things I might consider. Uh, and academia is on that list. And if you're a young, smart conservative, you would think to yourself, nah, not, just not, not exactly for me. And the idea is that this works not through you know, necessarily you know, complex calculations about will I succeed in academia, will I not succeed in academia. I mean, that might be true for some, but, but the idea was that it's more a question of fit, of feeling like ah, I belong here or I don't belong here. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, this is meant as a probabilistic theory, so there are going to be some uh, conservatives who, you know, who, who push through uh, into the academic life uh, despite that, despite that uh, reputation. Uh, and, and so on. But, um, but, but I, our idea was that this is a, a big part of what, what, what drives it. How did you find this out? What is the evidence for this? I mean, other than the fact that we have the stereotype that happens to be true. Did you, how, right, what right, evidence right. do you have of, 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 sort of sort of positive evidence of self-selection? Well, there's lots of evidence of self-selection. I think the evidence um, about the reputational fit stuff is still more circumstantial than, um, than uh, you know, let's say, fully, fully developed. Um, but the, the best evidence we have for self-selection is, um, is just if you look at the political views of, um, of, people who, of college students who want to become professors um, or of graduate students. 
So um, if you look at survey data um, that asked people their political views and that also asked them um, what they want to do for, their, you know, for a living, these are surveys of, of college students, you find that um, uh, you know, whether you're looking at, at first-year students or, or college seniors, uh, among those who say they want to become professors, uh, the distribution of liberals to conservatives is pretty much about the same as you find in the professoriate. Hmm. And similarly, um, if you look at uh, um, political views among graduate students, uh, as we did now or as um, other scholars did in, in the late 60s, you find that the distribution of political views among graduate students is about the same as you find among the professoriate. So, you know, this is evidence of kind of self-selection all the way down. Um, uh, you know, so it's, it's, you know, young conservatives or young liberals are more apt to want to go into higher education um, and, uh, and, then, and then do go into higher education. So there's pretty good evidence of self-selection. Um, and there are other possible things that could drive self-selection, but, but those don't seem to be, uh, those don't really seem to hold up. We've talked about some of them, personality, values, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of other positive evidence, I mean, again, there's, um, there's, uh, there's uh, evidence suggests that many people do buy into the, uh, the idea uh, that higher education leans to the left. Um, there's certainly good evidence that um, chunks of the public thinks that this, I think chunks of the public think this is true. Um, and uh, and uh, as you mentioned, in terms of folk theories, there's also pretty good evidence that um, you know, most professors think that there's a kind of a natural fit between, uh, between being a liberal and being a professor in the same way that many people think there's just kind of a natural fit between you know, being a man and you know, being in construction, say. Um, so uh, again, I, I think there's really strong evidence of self-selection. Um, the evidence uh, that it's driven by reputational factors is uh, still more uh, circumstantial. It would be really great to, you know, to get, a, to get a, a study going where you kind of follow smart, uh, smart uh, high-achieving students from, say, their high school days uh, into their, their mid-20s when some had decided to become academics and some hadn't. Um, and you could really look to see, you know, whether, whether reputational factors were, were, were kind of the driving force. That research hasn't been done yet, but, but it'd be fascinating to see what, what, it, what it would turn up. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I ask about the general predictors of one's uh, political uh, ideology um, was that I wanted to link it to something that I noticed uh, when I entered academia, and that is that, at least in my field, which is history, a, a pretty large percentage of the people in my graduate school cohort, cohort uh, had parents who were academics. Mm -hmm. um, so there was these two things going together. It's actually an astoundingly large percentage when I think about right. it. Uh, it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is there any? Is it, did I did I make that up, or is that true? No, no, no. That's that's right. Um, I mean, the, the you know the evidence uh, certainly suggests that um, that uh, that the parents of uh, that if your if your you know, your parent is an academic, the chances increase that you'll become an academic. And there are lots of occupations where something like this sure. is true. I mean, if, sure. if, if we were talking about doctors, you know, in my medical school class, there were lots of people, you know, whose parents were doctors or, or, yeah, or whatever. Sure. Um, so this isn't unique to higher education, no. but um, but 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 it is true. Um, uh, and uh, you know, that probably plays a role in explaining why academics are liberal. I mean, if if in the first generation academics are liberal, uh, and uh, and uh, then they they raise their kids to be to be Democrats, uh, you know, not surprising that um, that. Uh, that uh, they would uh, that their kids would tend to be on the left as well. Um, so the, the numbers on this suggest that uh, that, that that does play a role. Um, it's probably more true in some fields than others, uh, and uh, and uh, um, and I, I think history may be may be may be high in this regard. Although I haven't seen any systematic evidence mm -hmm. of this, um, but I think your point is certainly well taken. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah, any systematic true. evidence about it at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
I'm trying to think how to put this. So if I'm a conservative young person and I'm thinking about going in academia, I think, well, academia, that's pretty liberal. And if I try to go into academia, then there may be some bias against me that I may suffer some sort of discrimination. I think this is a pretty common thought. And you did an interesting little test to see if that was true or false. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, I mean, one of the one of the arguments that's often made by folks on the right is that the reason that there aren't more conservatives in higher education is because uh, at at some point or other, liberals sort of took over the academic hiring process and then just refused to uh, to, to hire uh, to hire other conservatives or even to really support conservative graduate students. So, you know, the, the claim is that there's uh, that there's bias against conservatives and even open discrimination against them. Um, and no, it's, it's hard to get really systematic evidence of, of that kind of discrimination. I mean, there is some evidence to suggest that there's a bias in the sense of, um, you know, kind of negative feelings uh, toward conservatives by uh, at least some uh, liberal or less academics. I mean, that is not surprising, and there's, there is some evidence to suggest that's true. But the question is, you know, does this play a role in explaining why higher education is to, is to the left? And um, and I don't doubt that there, you know, there, there may have been, um, you know, some instances in which um, in which there, there has been uh, active discrimination. Uh, I mean, I haven't been uh, you know privy to the uh, hiring process uh, enough to, to uh, have witnessed anything like that myself. But um, but you know we do we did attempt a, a sort of systematic test of this, um, and uh, and the way this worked was as follows: um, uh, with some colleagues, um, we sent uh, emails um, from fake prospective students to um, to the directors of graduate studies who are kind of in charge of. Uh, administratively of graduate programs um, in the leading American departments, uh, uh, in, uh, leading American departments in, uh, in, in, in several social sciences and, and humanities fields. And uh, so each director of graduate study got two emails, um, one um, from a student who uh, didn't say anything about politics, uh, and the other from a student who mentioned in passing that he'd previously worked on the McCain or the Obama campaigns. Um, and the, the emails were, were from students who said, you know, I'm interested in your program. Would I potentially be a good fit there? And, uh, and the emails were otherwise matched in terms of uh, you know, student interests and qualifications and so on. And then we measured the responses we got back. Um, did people respond to the emails? Um, how enthusiastic were the responses? Uh, you know, how much um, uh, emotional warmth did they show? Uh, how quickly did people respond and so on? And, you know, when we analyzed responses, we found that there was uh, some small uh, evidence of, um, of, of favoring uh, liberal applicants, but it was really minuscule, um, you know, basically no, no difference. And, you know, this isn't, I think, you know, knock down, drag out evidence that there's no discrimination against uh, conservative students. Um, but I think it is evidence that, uh, that despite the fact that higher education is, is a pretty liberal institution and the social sciences and humanities um, more so than other disciplines, um, that most professors are, you know, professionals and they, and they try to keep their politics out of their evaluation uh, of academic personnel. And I'll just say that it's consistent with evidence from another big survey that was done uh, back in the late 90s um, that, that asked professors outright um, if they'd been um, the subject of any uh, political discrimination. And only about 7% of uh, conservative professors said that they had been. So, I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that there's uh, certainly um, hostility uh, toward conservatives uh, on the part of some liberal academics. Um, um, but I think the evidence isn't strong uh, that it's uh, that the left tilt of academia is a result of discrimination. And, you know, another way to think about this is to say that you know, if there's 
so much self-selection, there's really no one to discriminate against. You know, I mean, if, if very few conservatives are, are, are thinking about entering higher education, if very few conservatives are going into PhD programs in the social sciences and humanities, then it means that very few job applicants um, in these fields are conservative. And so there's kind of no one to discriminate against. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, I mean, that's the, the evidence that I presented in the book anyway. Mm-hmm. That's consistent with my own experience. I don't think I've ever really seen any political discrimination on that level. Now, there are other sorts of tendentious things that happen in academia sure. Uh, sure. that are entirely separate and depersonalized, uh, and they are um, tilted in one direction or the other. But I've never seen in a job application process or in a interviewing graduate students or anything like that any sort of political litmus test or anything like that. I think once you get to that level, right. then mean, it just becomes know, I, about I, qualifications. Right. I mean, I, I, and, and this is particularly so. I mean, this, the sciences are an interesting case here. I mean, uh, the, the sciences are, are, you know, really quite liberal, uh, the natural and physical sciences. And, uh, and in those fields, there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's, in most instances, it would be impossible to know yeah. um, when evaluating personnel what their, what their politics were. And, and yet, there's, it's still more liberal. Uh, it's, it's still very, a very, a very left-leaning. Uh, these are still left-leaning disciplines. Um, you know, I, I mean, in fairness to the conservative argument, um, I mean, I think it is true that, uh, that, you know, part of what's going on here is that um, uh, in some social sciences and humanities fields, um, folks on the left have, you know, have sometimes pushed their fields, um, pushed the content of their fields in directions that will kind of only appeal to folks on the left yeah. uh, and or appeal primarily to folks on the left. And um, so, you know, you, if, if there are very few, um, if, if applicants for graduate study uh, or, or if job applicants just aren't, you know, interested in those fields, and those happen to be the fields in which there's hiring taking place. Um, well, you know, then yeah, there's not going to be that many, m- not much room for conservatives. So, um, in you know, in labor studies programs, for example, yeah. uh, uh, is there you know, are, are there going to be um, you know, is there going to be much interest in people who are you know, explicitly anti-labor or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably not. But on the other hand, there are there are you know, programs. Uh, uh, sort of comparable programs uh, uh, in, in business schools um, for folks on the right. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, the ultimately discrimination argument doesn't doesn't have a tremendous weight. Mm-hmm. So this is all very interesting because um, to draw a, a conclusion, what I, I guess you've discovered is that, first of all, let's just take two facts. One is that graduate school doesn't make you a liberal. And second, if you go out in the job market and you're a conservative, that you're probably not going to suffer any discrimination. So uh, why do we care? Whether <laughs> professors are liberal or not. Yeah. Well, this is a good question. Um, I, I mean, I think that um, you know that uh, many conservatives, anyway, care um, because they think that uh, that um, that uh, the politics can't help but affect the way that research is done in, in some fields, uh, and so they think that in those fields there ought to be more kind of political balance. Uh, in the classroom, so I, I think that's part of the reason that uh, that uh, at least some folks on the right on the right care about. It. Right, but if I could just um, stop you there for a moment, yeah. I, I've heard these arguments many times, and uh, let me just—I uh, know that one of the nice things you do in the book is that you say that you're—I um, I don't know how to characterize it. I don't remember your exact words, but you're more or less liberal. Uh, I'm more or less conservative, but I'm asking my conservative colleagues, what evidence is there that what is presented in college has any impact on somebody's politics? And if it right. doesn't have any impact, who the hell cares? Right, right, right. I mean, I just right. don't. I, don't, well, I guess you know, I don't understand it. I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah. uh, you know, that there's indoctrination going on, but there obviously isn't indoctrination going on. And I know that I never did any of it, and I've never seen any evidence of it. 
Right, right, right. Well, you know, I think that from the standpoint of, of you know, some some conservatives, uh, you know, they 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 do see the content of uh, of of of, the, of some social humanities fields, and they, and they think you know that there is indoctrination. I mean, you know, when we interviewed um, professors, um, we found that most were were pretty careful about uh, either concealing their views from students, their own political views, or uh, if they didn't conceal their political views, about making clear to students these are just my own politics. You know, you don't have to feel this way. Um, um, now, I mean, I, I think, again, in fairness to, to the conservative argument, um, uh, you know, there, there are fields uh, in the social sciences and humanities where, again, the content of those fields is just kind of more left-leaning than, mm-hmm. than right-leaning. So in those fields, even if you're just kind of objectively teaching the content of the fields, uh, you know, I could see that conservatives would say, well, but you're still, you know, this is still political work. Even this is still, you know, you're still asking them to learn about you know, political ideas, basically. Sure. Um, they're just kind of dressed up in the mantle of, of, of science or whatever. So you know, I, 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 I see a point to that, although I think that it's easy to overestimate, you know, how much of a field like sociology, for example, is, is, is really about that. Um, um, you know, by the same token, um, I think that, uh, you know, we, we do err in failing to recognize that most professors do think of themselves as professionals and, and do recognize that, um, you know, the most important thing that they're doing in the classroom is just teaching. And the most important thing they're doing in terms of research is just research. And um, while certainly there are exceptions uh, and people who, who, who deviate from these norms, um, that remains the norm in American higher education. I don't know. I, <laughs> I kind of see a certain um, self-flattery here on the part of, well, conservatives, I think, are flattering academics because I don't think they have any impact. Really, I don't think they have any impact at all on people's <laughs> politics. Uh, it's very nice to hear that. But I, you know, in my experience, I've just not seen it. And, and it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing to say. And maybe academics think that if they are left wing, they're going to, uh, you know, affect their students in some way and bend their politics. But all the evidence that you suggest, it seems that you uh, present seems to suggest that there isn't any such effect. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's a big debate about this among social scientists. I mean, for a long time, there was evidence that, you know, people did believe that, uh, that exposure to higher education did tend to make people more, more liberal uh, in terms of some of their political views. Uh, and more recently, there's been a uh, you know reanalysis of of some of these data, um, and uh, and you know on the reanalysis, it's, the finding is that uh, actually um, it's not that higher education made people more liberal; it's that people who um, were you know were more liberal were either more likely to go to higher into higher education, and more likely to go, you know go go get a BA, or um, that people who were on the way to becoming more liberal were more likely to go get a BA. So um, increasingly, we're coming to doubt whether. Um, whether uh, whether uh, going to college uh, makes you substantially more liberal. Now that's true for you know that, that that's true for some uh, attitude areas and maybe less true for others. So um, you know, is there really strong evidence that uh, that uh, you know going to college um, you know makes students uh, have much stronger uh, uh, left leaning economic views? No, there's there's very little evidence of that. Um, is there evidence that you know going for higher education can make you more tolerant of diversity, for example? Um, and the evidence seems to suggest that, yeah, there is, you know, some evidence to that effect. Um, but the idea that, you know, students are going to college and you know, becoming massively secularized or, or, or moving really far to the left as a result of the college experience um, is, uh, uh, I think, that, that there's reason to doubt that. Yeah, I think there's, again, I would put it more strongly than that. And I have to people on the conservative uh, end of the scale who have said to me, you know, that, that's a, where you work is a bastion of liberal ideologues. I'm going, that may be, but it just doesn't matter. See, um, also, I mean, in terms of the publications, the things that we publish, the way that we publish, uh, 
you know, people don't read our books. So it's not as if we can have, I'm sorry, maybe they read yours. They don't read mine. And, uh, and so it's not as if we're going to have any impact on public opinion. I mean, occasionally there's a David Horowitz. We'll talk about him in a second. But, uh, you know, he's frying a different fish. Uh, he's using this as a political weapon. And so let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. The second uh, half of the title of your book is Why Do Conservatives Care About This? So let's talk sure. about that. Sure. Well, you know, one thing is, uh, just as I said, that, um, that higher education has been left-leaning for a long time. I mean, conservatives have been up in arms about this for a long time. Um, you know, um, for the research uh, that I did for this book, I, I, I went back and looked at uh, old issues of National Review dating back to the mid-50s. And, you know, of, of course, um, folks there like, um, like uh, William Buckley were, were, were complaining about the uh, liberal tendencies of higher education uh, e- even then. So, so this goes back a long time. Um, in terms of why, sorry, in terms of why, um, you know, why conservatives care about it, I mean, I think there, there, there are kind of two answers, ultimately. Um, uh, and, you know, maybe I should say that there are, uh, there, there are different ways of approaching this question. I mean, one is to ask, okay, literally, what are they upset about? I mean, what, what do they, you know, what do conservatives say that they're angry about? Um, and I, I do talk, try to talk about this in the book, but, you know, I'm a sociologist, and so I'm ultimately interested not in, 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 uh, in you know, presenting people's reasons for thinking what they're, you know, for, for um, taking the positions they do, but in, but in trying to explain, um, um, you know, why they're, why, they're, why they're actually doing what they're doing. Um, and, uh, and, and so in the arguments that I make in the book, there's two that, that stand out. Um, the first is that um, uh, simply higher education is less leaning and has been for a long time. And, um, and although you're right that, uh, that, that there are always questions about whether anyone is reading academic books, um, it's also true that, that there have been, um, over the course of history, you know, many uh, academics who have been um, pretty deeply involved in, um, in liberal politics. Um, and uh, I mean that was true. Uh, that was true in the in the 50s. It was true in certainly the 60s, 70s, um, and it remains true uh, today. And um, um, and while they ultimately you know, may have less impact than than they'd like through their involvement, um, I mean I think it's not uh, unsurprising that uh, that some conservatives would would take issue with with what they're doing uh, and 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 rally against it. Um, and uh, and um, and so I think that's the first thing that explains it. I mean, just it is a left-leaning occupation, so it's not surprising that you know some conservatives are going to be upset about this. Um, um, and you know, maybe especially so in a context where it's really important uh, for for students to go to college if they if they you know want to have uh, you know, middle-class lives. Um, the second factor, though, that I that I describe in the book um, um, is um, has to do with with what uh, uh, rallying against uh, the liberal professoriate gets the conservative movement. And here I, I, I'm not trying to paint a picture of, um, of, um, of folks like Dave Horowitz as, as, uh, as, as being you know, necessarily strategic in this regard, but I think there's evidence to suggest that you know, one of the things that this has gotten the conservative movement over the years is, is it, it's, it's given them a, uh, an elite to rally against. Um, I mean, it's, it was fascinating to find um, people like Bill Buckley um, and not just uh, criticizing liberal professors, but specifically criticizing um, the, the liberal elite in higher education, and of course, that is a phrase that remains um, very common uh, uh, today among uh, among conservative uh, activists and politicians and, and commentators. Um, and you know, why is that important? Well, I argue in the book that it's important because it helped to position conservatism as a as a populist enterprise, as something you know where you know, we the people are standing against a predatory, corrupt elite uh, that's uh, that's using its power against us um, in a negative way. And 
um, I think this was very important in helping to build uh, the contemporary conservative movement. And, and I think that that, that, that line, that trope, um, remains powerful today, in, in part because it still um, it has all of these kind of populist energies uh, uh, surrounding it. So those are the, my, my, my two main reasons. Uh, I think that uh, you know, conservatives care about this or, or are upset about it, um, sociologically speaking, um, again, because academia is a left-leaning occupation and, and because I think it serves the important purpose of helping to uh, help boost the, the, the populist credibility of the right. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right about that, and I know that when, you know, well, I won't name any names, but when liberal professors with a certain public profile. And I, again, I think that the degree to which they have any impact on the public mind in general is just vastly overrated. Nobody reads the New York Review of Books. Sorry, New York Review of Books. Uh, that, that when they do say something outrageous, um, that they do conservatives a huge favor because it gives them material. You know, just like when somebody on the, you know, Pat Robertson says something outrageous, it does liberals a huge favor. Because they're talking, they're saying things that are kind of uh, out of touch, and and uh, well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I do, yeah, I, I do think that uh, that uh, I mean, it is the case that conservatives have have uh, have you know, been quick to jump on um, on uh, on any new um, material that they that they come across in this regard from from professors. That's certainly right. Yeah, I, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting to me because you know, one of the things you don't mention in the book, I think you don't mention in the book, um, I read it a couple of weeks ago, uh, is, is that one of the unintended consequences of this is, is to make academia seem like less than a serious place. Mm. It's full of people who just aren't, you know, they, 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 they do not have a good grasp of the way things are. They're totally out of step that what they say doesn't matter. And, um, I think that's very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the whole uh, you know discourse about higher education um, uh, and politics is uh, is um, y- you know overstated and, and overdrawn and, and cartoonish in parts, and uh, and it would be great if um, if, if both sides could uh, could come to a more uh, a more reasonable place of discussion. Mm-hmm. Do you see any of this changing? I mean, is academia going to become more conservative or more liberal or anything like that? Are we at a kind of a point of equilibrium now? Um, you know, it's very hard to predict what's, what's going to happen. Um, I mean, there's some evidence to suggest that, you know, the youngest professors today might be uh, more drawn toward, um, toward the Occupy Wall Street movement, uh, and, um, and certainly there's, there's lots of concern about, about inequality. Um, you know, whether this will significantly shift the professoriate or not, I, I, don't, I don't know, um, um, in part because there are lots of countervailing trends um, 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 Having to do with, for example, the expansion of business programs, which would you know, tend to grow more conservative regions of of academe. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, that it's it's probably pretty much steady state. Uh, I mean, I, I think you know we'll, we'll, we'll probably see you know, uh, current trends in the politics of academics uh, continue um, for the next at least five to ten years. Um, you know, who who knows as higher education goes through a, a big period of reform and gets changed around institutionally. I guess Hard to hard to know what'll what'll happen, uh, you know, ten years down the line. But 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 I think it's you know for the foreseeable future, this is this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I kind of agree with you about that. I don't I don't see this changing, except in to say that it may be the case, uh, and I won't be specific, that uh, being an academic will lose even what prestige it has, <laughs> and then I think fewer people of the liberal bent will go into it. 
uh, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it, it seems to me well, we'll, that it we'll, might. We'll see. I mean, the, the, you know, traditionally, heart station has, has been a, a pretty high prestige occupation, um, uh, although that's varied a lot uh, by, by, by politics. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a high prestige occupation for liberals. It's not so much of a high prestige occupation among among conservatives. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether whether that changes. Um, I mean, there's you know there's some evidence to suggest that it, that it might be changing, um, uh, and to suggest that uh, that professors will increasingly be seen as you know, more like teachers um, and less like you know a, a kind of special category, yeah. a, a different category. Um, I mean that, that that could well be the case as um, as more and more people go to higher education, uh, and uh, and it, it seeks to be. Uh, it ceases to be uh, an experience of, of of just a really privileged few, and uh, and increasingly is something that uh, that that more people have uh, have uh, have access to. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It could be that higher education will will change um, in that regard. I'd be very interested in hearing about how your book has been received and what sort of correspondence you have had about it with various folks. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, well. Uh, I think that um, uh, uh, that the, the reactions to it so far have been um, c- kind of as as, as you would uh, expect. Um, I mean, um, uh, uh, some folks on on the right have uh, said that um, the book uh, does too much to play down uh, distrib- the, the possibility that discrimination is is is, uh, is going on here, um, and you know that's kind of what you would expect. Um, uh, others. Um, have said that uh, the charge that that uh, that um, conservatives are, are really uh, after higher education um, because uh, it helps to boost the uh, sense of uh, the conservative movement as being populist. Um, they've said, well, you know, that that downplays what you know conservatives are, are really are, are really all about. And those those arguments make sense, and you know, on on the left, um, hasn't been as much reaction so far. Um, but my sense is that um, folks think that um, maybe I'm giving too much credit. Uh, to, to the right here, uh, uh, certainly, um, you know, some have suggested that you know, maybe there are really uh, personality differences between liberals and conservatives, and you know, maybe I'm I'm downplaying <laughs> those too much. So you know, they're they're kind of as you'd expect. I mean, you know, one one of the you know one of the funny things about this topic is that, um, as I think you've you've, you've noted, um, there are so many folk theories about this, in, in part because it's a topic that that. Um, that, that just makes it easy for both sides to invoke invoke stereotypes and and, and kind of stick to their guns and you know I hope that um, that some folks will be moved to uh, take a more nuanced view of this debate as a result of reading this book um, you know but it's not exactly surprising that uh, that folks who are you know pretty firmly in either uh, camp are, are gonna you know basically remain in that camp mm-hmm. so has John Stewart called you to be on yet <laughs> No call. He yet. should. I'm hoping anybody who listens to this and knows John Stewart or somebody who works for John Stewart, I think you should call Neil and have him on the show because this is just the kind of thing that he likes to do. Occasionally he goes highbrow, you know, and I, I, I think that you'd be great on his show and you could kind of explain this to the to the masses. Let me ask just one final question. And again, I've, it's a, it's a, I'm reiterating, really. I mean, I'm just asking. Does it really matter at all that I mean? If you're sort of objective about it, you know, you're thinking about things that really matter as opposed to like getting elected or, or, you know, um, sort of selling your, your political rag, does it really matter at all that the professors are liberal? I I, I guess I've already reached this conclusion. It just doesn't seem to me. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, uh, I I definitely see that point. I mean, I guess the one thing that that I'll say is um, that I I think it, 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 it matters in the sense that, um, 
uh, I mean, I don't know whether it matters that professors are liberal. I mean, in terms of the, the research that's done. Um, but but I, I think that the, the perception that higher education is biased matters. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I think that I, I think that you know this this is a period when you know really uh, American higher education is is, um, is 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 going through some some difficult times. I mean, it you know it has perpetually gone through uh, difficult <laughs> times. But but this is this is really a, a time of of, of significant uh, a significant change and, and reform and. Um, and um, particularly uh, 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 in uh, in terms of uh, public higher education, um, you're seeing uh, efforts in you know, a number of states, uh, Texas, for example, Florida, and elsewhere, um, by uh, Republican politicians to you know, fundamentally ch- change the way that higher education um, products are delivered uh, and uh, and to, to change even the structure of, of the university. Um, and you know there are multiple uh, uh, sources of of uh, uh, multiple things driving this, but I think one of them is just the perception that you know higher education is not only liberal but biased, and students are getting mm-hmm. a biased education. And I think that perception, um, you know, is is uh, um, ha- is going to have real effects. Um, it, I mean, I think it's already having real effects, and I think it's continue going to continue to have real effects mm-hmm. down the line. So I think that perception, I think that perception matters. Um, I mean, I think that um, uh, ultimately, in in most fields of study. Uh, as you suggest, I think professors are most professors are professionals, and they they, they try to keep their own politics um, out of, out of their out of their their research, uh, out of their teaching. I mean, I've certainly tried to keep my own politics out of this book to the extent that I can. Um, 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 but I think you know maybe we could even do more. I mean, I think I think professors in in the context of these big challenges facing higher education, some of which have a kind of political um, uh, element to them, I, I think we could do a better job of of uh, of, of reassuring everyone that. Uh, that classrooms are not are not sites of indoctrination, uh, uh, and uh, and that and that, that you know we try to be fair uh, in in the research that we that we carry out. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not exactly sure what you know, efforts along those lines would look like, um, but but I think you know uh, we could do more uh, in, by way of reassurance. Yeah, um, from your lips to God's ears, I guess I would say I think that we should do a better job of doing a lot of things like that and sort of stay out of politics. But that's just me. Um, so, uh, Neil, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. Let me ask you our traditional final question. Um, what are you working on now? Mm-hmm. Well, I have two projects in the works. Um, one is a study of, uh, of liberal conservative differences in attitudes towards science, um, focusing not on professors but on the, the general population. Uh, and, uh, and the second is a study in the other area in which I work, which is uh, sociological theory, uh, and that's a, a study of, uh, of the nature of causation um, in the social world. So um, two, two projects, um, both of which I'm sure will take me many years to work through. Yeah, those are big ones, so uh, good luck on those. Um, and let you. me thank everyone for listening. I'm Marshall Poe, the editor-in-chief of the New Books Network, and today we've been talking with Neil Gross about his book, Why Are Professors Liberal and Why Do Conservatives Care? I want to wish everybody a great week, and I want to thank Neil again for being on the show. Thanks, Neil. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.